0: Hallelujah. The Lord, the Lord has magnified his word even above all his name. Hallelujah. And we're the people of the name. We believe in that name. We love that name. But God magnified his word above his name. Amen. So if anything deserves our honor, it is the word of the Lord. Genesis chapter 32, beginning with verse twenty four Genesis 32 and 24 and Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day and when he saw that he prevailed not against him that is when the angel it's a little confusing here with all the pronouns all right so let me help you when the angel saw that he prevailed not against Jacob. The angel touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he, that is the angel, said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And he, that is Jacob, said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Hallelujah. The contemporary English version says, You can't go until you bless me. You can't go until you bless me. Verse 27. And he said unto him, that is Jacob's, or the angel said unto Jacob, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he, the angel, said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince, thou hast power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. You've won. Your worry's over. Your battle's over. You've won. Verse 29, and Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. That's what Jacob wanted. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And so the angel blessed him. Amen. I want to preach to you for a little while today. And I mean that when I say a little while. I don't intend to preach a long time. I don't feel like I can. But I'm going to give it my best for the next few minutes. But I want to preach from this thought. I won't let go until I won't let go until hallelujah would you put your Bibles down, lift your hands, lift your voices, let's ask the Lord to speak to us today, we need the touch of God in this place, would you pray especially for me, I need God's help today, let's everybody talk to the Lord together right now worship God, let's worship God, let's worship God, hallelujah, 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 praise God, praise God, God bless you, you may be seated, what a situation Jacob was in, What a place of dire straits. He was about to have an encounter with his brother. The last time that he had seen Esau, Esau had put it in his heart and mind that he was going to kill Jacob. Jacob had run for his life. He had been in hiding now for many years, decades, in fact. He has been in hiding, but he is now leaving the house and the land of his father-in-law, and he is approaching the land where his brother dwells. And so he knows that the encounter that he's been dreading is about to take place. He knew something had to happen that would change the situation. It could not stay the way it was. He could not just go on uh, doing his normal activities. He could not just continue his normal rituals and routines. For now he was faced with a matter of life and Hallelujah. Amen. It was in this moment of desperation that Jacob's life was changed forever. Praise God. Now, I know that this is a familiar story to many of us, but I'm going to tell you there are some things about this story that we may not even realize or recognize amen first of all do you know that by the time we get to our text there are things that have already taken place amen there are miraculous things that have already happened before we ever get to the moment where jacob is wrestling with the angel now some of you saying amen and right i trust that means you know that those things happen but i have a feeling AND A LOT OF YOU DON'T KNOW WHAT HAPPENED. SO I'M GOING TO SHOW YOU WHAT HAPPENED. THIS IS GENESIS CHAPTER 32 and verses 24 to 29 that we've read in our text. But let's back up to the very first verse of this chapter. As Jacob is now leaving Laban, he is on his way. He's about to encounter his brother. Look at the very first verse of this chapter, Genesis 32 and 1. And Jacob went on his way. Jacob went on his way. And the angels angels of God met him. How many of you knew? that Jacob had already had an angelic encounter how many of you were aware that that when Jacob wrestled with this man until the breaking of day this was not the first angelic encounter he'd had on this journey I dare say few of us even knew he'd already had this miraculous moment oh friend what a time it must have been for Jacob to see the angels of God amen what a time it must have been for him to recognize the presence of the host of God was there with him. Amen. Now he saw the angels. The angels of God met him. And after seeing the angels, Jacob sent word to Esau that he was on his way. He hoped, I'm sure, that the presence of the angels of God uh, meant that everything's okay your brother's temper is cooled down now your brother's temper is calmed down and he's not mad at you anymore and he doesn't hate you anymore and time has healed the wounds and everything's going to be all right I mean you've seen angels now that surely that means everything is okay and so he sends word to his brother I'm on my way and God has blessed me and I'm looking forward to seeing you but the response that he got was not what he was expecting read verse number 6 and the messengers returned to Jacob they returned to Jacob and they said we came to that brother Esau. We came to that brother Esau. And also he came And I want you to know he's on his way to meet you. And, and he's coming with, with an army. He's not happy. He's not pleased. I'm telling you, he's not excited about seeing his long-lost brother. His anger has not been abated. His hatred is not gone. He's not coming by himself, but he's got an army with him, Jacob. You better prepare yourself. You might have a lot of children. You might have your wife here with you, but you're not big enough and bad enough to handle an army of 400 men. Oh, but I've seen angels. Yeah, well, you might have seen some angels, but you're still in trouble. You might have had your good little Holy Ghost hoedown for a few moments. But you're still in danger. Oh, hallelujah. You might have felt those chill bumps go up and down your spine a few times. But death is still hanging over your head. What are you going to do now? How are you going to deal with this now? Jacob. Well, Jacob said, I know what I better do. I better have a prayer meeting. Uh, I think I think I'm thankful for the angels. I'm I'm thankful for the encounter I had. I'm thankful, you know, for the chill bumps, and I'm 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 thankful for everything I felt and saw. All that's great and wonderful, but uh uh, I think I better have me a little prayer meeting right about now. And he did. He had a prayer meeting. Now, this is still not when he wrestles the angels. See, some of you had no clue any of this took place. But let me show you something. Verse 7 through 12, read. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. Yeah, yeah, look, look, he'd seen angels. But he just got word that in spite of the angels, his brother is still full of hatred and his brother's coming with an army of 400. And he's as good as dead. And so he's afraid and he's distressed. And you can call him a wimp and a sissy if you want to, but I doubt very many of you would want to take on an army of 400, just you and your family. I have this sneaking suspicion that everybody under the sound of my voice would feel exactly like Jacob did, be greatly afraid and distressed. Well, so read and he divided the people that was with him uh-huh and the flocks and herds and the camels into two bands and said if esau come to the one company and smite it then the other company which is left shall escape uh-huh and jacob said oh god yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, no, no 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 just first of all jacob said i got to try to figure out a way to get through this i can't lose everything so i'm just going to split them up in two HE CAN'T ATTACK ON BOTH FRONTS. WE'LL SEND HIM TWO DIFFERENT DIRECTIONS. HE'S GOT TO GO AFTER ONE OR THE OTHER. HE'S GOT TO MAKE UP HIS MIND, AND and MAYBE IF HE DOES DESTROY HALF MY FAMILY, AT LEAST THE OTHER HALF, will STILL GET AWAY. SO JACOB'S TRYING TO DO THIS CARNALLY, AND THEN HE SAYS, YOU KNOW, uh, THAT'S NOT GOING TO WORK EITHER. 400 MEN, THEY CAN SPLIT UP, TOO. Uh, HE CAN STILL SEND 200 EACH WAY AND HAVE A PRETTY GOOD ARMY I think I need something more than carnal logic right about now. And so and so verse nine read. Jacob, Jacob said, Oh God, o, my father oh God of my father Abraham. God of my father, Abraham, God, of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac. The Lord the Lord which to me, said to me Return, return to your country and to your kindred. And I will deal with Hey, you. hey, hey! God you're the one that gave me a promise that if I'd go back home, you'd treat me right. You're the one that said to me that if I'd start on this journey, everything's going to be okay. God, you made me a promise. Read. I am not worthy of the I'm least not of worthy. all your mercies. I'm not worthy. of all uh, the least of all your mercies and of all the truth, all the truth which, thou hast which you have shown you servant, to your servant. For which my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I am come between two bands. Uh huh. Read verse eleven. Deliver me, I pray. Deliver thee, me from the hand. Deliver of my me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother. From the hand of Esau. From the hand of Esau. For I fear him. Because God, I'm afraid lest he will come and scream. I'm afraid he's going to come and kill me. And the mother with the children. And he's going to kill my wives, and he's going to kill my kids. Read. And thou saidst, But I God, I don't understand. I don't understand. My brother's about to kill us all. But God, you made a promise. You said you would do me good. You said you would make my seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot cannot be numbered from multitude. God, you made me a promise, and I haven't seen that promise fulfilled. I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand where I am. My brother wants to kill me. He wants to destroy my family, and yet you've made me promises. Now, he's already had an angelic visitation. But that didn't change things. Look, he could have been content to go on his way, rejoicing in what he'd seen. He saw more than any of you have seen. I mean, I haven't had any of you come to me and tell me you've seen a host of angels appear to you in a vision. He'd seen more than you've seen. He'd have quite a testimony next church service. Right? I mean, he'd he'd start, boy, what a move of God it would start for him to stand up during testimony service and say, man, I saw some angels. But the angels didn't change him. And so he prayed a prayer. But can I tell you the prayer didn't change him. Things are still the same. His brother's still coming after him. He's still got death hanging over his head. Somebody hear me this morning. I know it's Sunday morning. I promise you, you got more sleep than I got last night. Well, I need somebody to help me right about now. I'm, I'm telling you, Jacob could have just said, I've seen enough, I've experienced enough. But Jacob knew if I stop now, I'm going to die. This is not good enough. What I've seen is good, but it's not good enough. What I've experienced is wonderful, but it's not wonderful enough. Because if I stop of what I've seen I'm still gonna die and what good will the angelic vision do me and what good will the prayer meeting do me if my brother kills me and kills all of my family and the promises of God are left unfulfilled so so Thank God for the vision. Thank God for the prayer meeting. It wasn't enough. And so he sent everybody away. He said, I need some alone time. I got to get an answer. I got to have something else happen. Verses 22 to 24 and he rose up that night. Rose up that night, and took his two wives, his two wives, and his two women servants, uh-huh, and his eleven sons. His eleven sons, and passed over the four Jabbok. Mm-hmm. And he he took them and sent them over the brook. He sent them over the brook, and sent over that he had. Sent over everything he had. And Jacob was and left. He alone. was left alone. And he's left alone. And what happened? there wrestled a man with there him. wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day until the breaking of the day i thank god for my vision i thank god for my prayer meeting but i know this i can't keep going the way i'm going i gotta have something more than a vision and something more than an average prayer meeting Something else is going to have to take place. Something else is going to have to happen. Something else is going to have to transpire. And he got a hold of something. And I want you to watch how it unfolds. Start reading verse 25. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. Oh, listen, Jacob latched on to that angel and he said, I, I got a hold of you now. And the angel said, okay, good enough. That's fine. But I got to get out of here. And Jacob said, oh, no, you don't. You're not going anywhere. I'm not letting go. I got a desperate situation that's unfolding before me. Had angels come and go. I've had angels come and go. But this one is not not going to leave me. This one is not going to leave me. I got a hold of something and I'm not letting go. I don't care what happens. I don't care how painful it gets. I don't care how much it costs me. I'm not letting go of this one. And the angel touched the hollow of his thigh. His thigh was out of joint, and he. As he wait, wait, you ever? And he. Ever, you, wait, 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 hang on. Have Have you ever had a bone out of joint? You ever? You know, I'm getting to that age where sometimes I go to get up out of a chair, and all of a sudden things just aren't quite aligned like they should be. I can't tell you how many times I have stood up from the table and had to catch myself because that hip just wasn't quite in place like it was supposed to be. And the moment I stood up, I lost my balance. I had to make sure I got it back into place, and then I could go on. It's a painful thing to have it out of joint. It's a painful thing for it to not be like it needs to be. His thigh was out of joint, but he didn't stop. He was hurting, but he didn't stop. You want to know why he didn't stop? Because this is life or death. I'll suffer some pain, but this is life or death. If I've got to hurt in order to have life, I'll just hurt. But I'd rather live my life hurting than just to die and give up. and his thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him read and he said, let me go before the day breaking. And the angel said, let go of me. Let go of me. I've got to get out of here. My job is done. My time is up. i got to leave. Let go of me because the day is about to break. Read. And he said, I will not and let Jacob go said, I'm not, I'm not letting you go. I'm not letting you go until something changes. Listen, when he said, except thou bless me, he wasn't just talking about a few chill bumps he wasn't just talking about being able to do a little dance and cut a little rug he said this is life or death something's gotta change And he said, Jacob. He said, my name. My name's Jacob. That means deceiver. Yeah. It means supplanter. I I gotta confess, I've gotta admit, while I'm here in the presence of God, all my life, I've made myself. A deceiver all my life all my life i've gained things by taking them from others that's who i am it's what i am i'm not proud of the fact but i know this that if this deceiver if this deceiver stays who he is in just a few moments I'm going to meet my brother and it's the deceiver that my brother hates. I can't remain a deceiver if I'm going to meet my brother. he's gonna kill the deceiver something's gonna happen to me that changes who I am if we're gonna see the promise that God has made he said my seed would be as the multitude of the sand of the sea God said I'm gonna have a revival To see the promise of God fulfilled so I'm going to admit to you I'm a deceiver at least that's what I have been up until now but something's about to happen verse 28 and he said thy name shall be called said, no more Jacob now now that you've confessed now that you've repented, now that you've held on, I'm changing your name. You're not deceiver anymore. Read. But Israel. But now your name is Israel. Israel. El, that is the appellation, the title of God, Elohim. Israel, a prince with L with God you are not a deceiver anymore that your brother is not going to meet the deceiver your brother is going to meet a prince with God and I'm telling you that beginning this moment it's not going to be your carnal deception it's not going to be your carnal supplanting that's going to win you favor but now because of this encounter because because of this desperation you have power both with God and with men. because you have prevailed <laughs> read 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 so Jacob prince, said thou hast... yeah yeah yeah, power with God. yeah and Jacob asked him and Jacob asked him and said, tell me, pray tell thee me thy name. name. Tell me your name. And he said, wherefore is it that thou dost don't, ask don't after my name? Don't get sidetracked. Don't get sidetracked. Don't get sidetracked, Israel. Don't get sidetracked. We didn't come here to exchange business cards. We didn't come here so we could create a network. You're in this place for one reason and one reason only. You need a change. You need a transformation. You're about to face death, but I've come. Because you said you would not let go until the blessing came. We're not going to exchange pleasantries. I'm going to give you what you said you wanted. I'm going to give you the blessing that you came after tonight. Just seeing angels was not enough. Just praying a prayer was not enough. He needed something more. He needed something greater. He needed something that would transform and therefore spare him. It was this recognition that if he stopped after the vision and the prayer, all he would have had were fond memories of a few good blessings and he'd have gone to his grave with some fond memories, but without the fulfillment of the promise of God. I don't think you're hearing me today. I saw angels. I had a prayer meeting. I felt the glory of God. But Jacob, if you stop here, that's as far as it goes. And there's some promises God has made to you that you haven't seen yet. And if you don't get some desperation in you, you're going to miss out on the fulfillment of God's promises. You better get desperate. You better recognize that little vision wasn't enough. It was good. It was enjoyable. Felt wonderful while it happened. That prayer meeting, oh yeah, that was nice. Oh yeah, yeah, we walked away from there feeling real happy, didn't we, Jacob? I mean, we knew God met with us in that prayer meeting. We knew God was there. That was, oh, that was a good prayer meeting we had. But after the vision and after the prayer meeting, he was still Jacob. And Jacob was about to die. And Jacob had some promises that God had never fulfilled. And he said, I'm thankful for the vision. And I'm thankful for the prayer meeting. But I need a transformation. And I'm going to have to get desperate in order to get what I've got to have. I got to have it now. I don't just want fond memories of special visitations because all that's going to do is leave me as the same old Jacob, the same old deceiver, the same old supplanter that I've always been. And that man's about to die. Something's got to change. I submit to you today, my brothers and sisters, it was this uh, recognition that brought about desperation. And it was that desperation that brought about deliverance. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm telling you, Amen. what Jacob said that night was more than just a statement. He wasn't reciting a prayer. It was his attitude. Amen. The angel said, let me go. The day's breaking. And he said, I will not let you go until I'm not letting go. I've come this far. I've come this close. I'm not letting go transformation comes until what we need is actually here. I've already seen and experienced was not enough to truly change me. It wasn't enough to really spare my life. And so he refused to let go until the blessing came. And so here we are in New Life Pentecostal Church. Here we are. I think this is why I had not been able to sleep. Because here we are. How many weeks of revival have we been in? How many things have we seen God do? How many times has God visited with us? Twenty-plus people have received the Holy Ghost we've seen at least two notable miracles cancer healed amen closed eyes reopened we've seen God do some wonderful things and I'm going to tell you I'm preaching to some of you who are very happy with what you've seen this is good enough this is good enough I'm saddest. No, no 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 don't you sit there and say no I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost that's all you care about we've seen enough I'm tired let's quit now let's shut it down now this is it this is all we need I'm telling you church this is not the end I'm telling you God has not fulfilled his promise I'm telling you I'm not satisfied with what we've seen I thank God for it I praise God for it but I'm telling you transformation has not come if we stop now we're going to go right back to be in the church we've always been oh we've seen some great things I thank God for everything we've seen I thank God for everything that's happened we've had the visitation of the presence of God it's been here but I'm telling you I'm telling you, I'm preaching to a lot of folks right now that if we just quit right now, you'd be fine with that. You'd be fine with that because we got a lot of things we can talk about. I mean, we can tell our grandkids about the night the woman came and her eyes were shut and God just opened them instantly. We... We can tell our grandkids about that miracle. We, we can tell our grandkids about what happened with Sister Hilton and how God took away the cancer. We, 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 can, we can tell our grandkids about the miracles that we've seen. And oh, remember that revival when 20 people got the Holy Ghost. Man, what a revival we had. And oh, we got shouting material, but shouting material not what I'm after. I'm looking for transformation. I don't want us to stay the same. I don't want us to be what we've always been. I'm telling you, it's time that we cross a threshold it's time that we take some new ground it's time we possess some new territory it's time we see something more than what we've ever seen before what I'm looking for today is some people that will rise up and say God I won't let go until you fulfill promise that you've made i'm not letting go until you do everything you said you were gonna do i'm thankful for what you've done i'm not being arrogant i'm not being haughty but you made the promise. Oh, Let us praise him for a minute. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be seated, be seated. What is your point of until? See, there's a reason why I I left title unfinished I won't let go until I didn't say until you blessed me I won't let go until because I'm telling you every one of us have our own answer to that preposition until what at what point are you willing to let go At what point are you willing to say, that's good enough? I won't let go until, until what? Well, until I've seen a miracle. Okay, then you can let go. Because we've seen it. Right? Right? We've seen it. I won't let go until I see a miracle. Okay, then you can let go. If that's all you're looking for, you can let go. I won't let go until I see several receive the Holy Ghost. Well, then you can let go because we've seen that. Hello? Hello? You know, it dawned on me when I was in Africa. I said that when I was teaching one day. I said, "Hello," and I said, "Wait a minute, do you say that here?" Oh yeah, yeah. They we say that. I said, well, "You know, the reason why we say that because we you don't those cell phones." And and you you know you ever lost a call? You ever been just talking away and all of a sudden you realize there's nobody on the other end of the line? No, none of you ever done that. I, Oh, I have man I've been, I've been right in the middle of telling something great and and all of a sudden there's I don't hear anything nobody say anything and so what is the first thing you say hello are you there do we still have a connection so I'm saying to the church tonight today hello are you there do we still have a connection? Yes. If your point of until is just seeing people receive the Holy Ghost, you can stop now because we've seen it. But I won't stop until I've gotten some really good blessings. Well, you can stop now if you haven't gotten any really good blessings so far in this revival the chances are pretty strong you're not going to get one hallelujah i'm telling you the way god's moved in some of these services if you didn't respond to that i don't know of anything that god could do that would get you to respond if, if all you're looking for is a good blessing and you can stop now but somebody has got to reach a place where they say, wait a minute, I'm thankful for what's happened, but my loved one that God said was going to be saved isn't sitting here yet. No, I'm thankful for 20, but God, that one I've been praying for was not among the 20. I'm not stopping. has got to say, my financial situation hasn't turned around yet. God said it would, but it hasn't yet. I'm not letting go until I don't just want some until it hurts I won't let go until that transformational blessing comes see some of you have been blessed but if we stop now it'll only be a matter of days maybe weeks maybe months but you'll be right back in the same old rut you were always in if we stop now. I'm preaching to you. If we stop now, it won't take long. And we'll be right back in that same old place again. Hallelujah. Somebody's got to say, that's not my until. That's not my until. (laughs) I got too many people I'm still waiting on to get here. I got too many things I'm still expecting to happen. I got a long list, God, because you made some promises that haven't been fulfilled. I'm thankful for what you've done. I'm thankful for what I've seen. Please don't think I'm ungrateful. I appreciate it, but this is not everything. You said we could have. Be seated. I didn't plan to preach long, but here I am. When I get through, I may regret it, but I'm feeling pretty good right now. Consider the promise of Jesus. Luke chapter 11, verses 9 and 10. And I say unto you, I say unto you ask, 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 and it shall be given. And it shall. shall. Ask, and it shall be shall. Be given you. Be given you. Seek. Seek. And ye shall find. And ye shall shall find. Knock. Knock. And it shall. And it shall. shall Be open to you. Be open unto you. Read. For everyone that asks. For everyone. Do we believe the Bible or don't? It's impossible for God to lie. He said, everyone that asks receives. Did he say it or not? Everyone that asks receives. And he that seeks finds, and to him that knocks, it shall be opened. Did he say it or didn't he? And yet we all know there are things we've asked that God did not do. There are things we sought that we never found. There are doors we've knocked on that have never opened. Can I get a witness? did God lie you know here's the problem we have taken these two verses of scripture and tried to set them apart as though they were all alone but we gotta take them in their context we gotta take them in their context you can't jump into the middle of a conversation and know what's going on if we're gonna understand verses 9 and 10 we got to read some verses leading up to that. So let's go back up to verse five and start reading. And he said unto them, "Huh? which of, you shall, which have of a you shall have a friend? And shall go unto him at midnight and a say unto him. You go to him at midnight and you say to him, friend, friend, lend me three loaves. I need some bread. Read. For a friend of mine is... And it, because in his journey has come to me. I've had some unexpected guests drop in. And I have nothing to and say I, before him. I don't have any food in my house. It's too late now. The stores are all closed. We don't have any 24-hour Walmarts over here in Jerusalem. Uh, you know, in, in uh, uh, A.D. 30, there's not any 24-hour Walmarts that I can go to right now. 7-Eleven hadn't started yet. Got these folks dropping in on me, and I don't have any food in the house. I need some help. Read. And he from within shall answer and, and say. He answers and said "Trouble me not. Leave me alone." The doors now shut. The doors already shut. My children are with me in bed. The kids have all gotten in bed. I cannot rise and get. If me- I get up, I'm going to wake up the whole house. Just leave me alone. It's too late. Come see me first thing in the morning. We'll help you out tomorrow. Not now. Read. I, I say unto you. Though he will not rise and give him. Though he will not me, huh? rise and give him. Because he is because his friend. Because he's his friend. Yet because see, of let his... me tell you something. Friendships wear mighty thin long about midnight. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Some of you think, "Oh no, that's just about time the party starts. Just wait till you're my age, all right? You get to be my age and friendships start wearing real thin about midnight. I love you, it's great, but uh, somebody told me about a, one preacher said he'd have people over at his house, and he started getting tired. He'd just say, okay. He said, "That you all lock the door when you leave? I'm going to bed. Somebody said another man would tell him, so let's all play mouse and go to our own little house. Starts wearing thin about the middle of the night, you see. All that friendship doesn't mean a whole lot when you're really tired. You're about to collapse or you've already been asleep in the middle of the night. You know, somebody calls you in the middle of the night, wakes you up. And you're like, hello, 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 were you asleep? Oh, no, I was just sitting here waiting on your phone call at 3 a.m. That's what I do every night. Friendships wear really thin in the middle of the night. Jesus said, I'm telling you that even though he won't rise and give him because he's his friend, read. Because of his importunity. Because of his importunity. He will rise and give him as many as he needs. Do you understand what he said? He said, here's a man that says, I need some bread. And the man says, oh, good. come see me in the morning. I'm tired. No, no, I need some bread. I can't get up right now. I'll wake up the kids. I need some bread. No, leave me alone. I'm telling you, you've got to be quiet. I need some bread. Quiet. I'm trying to sleep no I need some bread I'm not gonna stop until I get the bread and it was then after he says this man because of his importunity gets what he wants that Jesus said everybody that receives. He wasn't saying you can pray one simple little prayer and all of a sudden you got it but he said if I can find in you that kind of desperation that says God I'm not letting go I'm going to keep on knocking I'm going to keep on coming until I get what I need everyone that asked that way receives everyone that seeks like that finds and he said unto him that he didn't mean one simple little knock you got to take it in context You're going to stand there and knock all night if you have to. This man's not going to sleep until he gets up and gives me bread. That's just all there is to it. I will get my bread before I go home. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Luke 18. I'm trying to hurry to a close. Luke 18. Verses 1 through 5. And he spake a parable unto this, this end. <laughs> Always to pray. Now, listen, listen. He said this is the whole purpose for his parable to teach you to keep on praying. Now, he didn't mean that you just get up and pray a prayer every day. He's talking about the pursuit of one particular answer. He'll prove that to you. He's giving a parable. To teach you to keep going back and not faint. When you've got something you want God to do, you don't stop until it happens. This is what he said. Read verse 2. Saying, There was in a city a judge. judge. And this judge was a wicked man. He wasn't afraid of God. Neither regarded man. He didn't care about man. And there was a widow in that city. And there was also a widow. And she in that city now, now look let's stand these two characters side by side and let's ask you who's the more powerful of the two the judge I mean that's what you think right the judge has got more power than that little widow woman what's she got she didn't even have a pension they didn't have such things back then she didn't draw social security they didn't have that back then she's a widow, she's got nothing the judge has everything he's got power he's got prestige he can make decisions between the two of them you'd think the judge would be the better man to have as your friend but the Bible said he didn't regard man he wasn't afraid of God he didn't regard man, he didn't care who you were He's going to do what he wants to do and nobody's going to tell him. He's going to call it like he sees it and he doesn't care whether you like it or you don't like it. He doesn't care what the Bible says about it. He's going to do what he wants to do. And nobody is going to force him to do anything. At least that's what he thinks until this little widow woman who has nothing shows up in his courtroom. And she says to him, she says to him, she came unto me. him saying, "Avenge me of my adversary. adversary." And he would, and he would not <laughs> And for he a while. would not. And he would not for a while. Read, but afterward, but after a while he, said within, he himself, said within himself, Though I fear not God I'm not afraid of God nor regard man and I don't care about any man. Because this but I've figured one me. thing out. This woman's not gonna shut up until she gets what she came after. i'm far more powerful than she is but she's back in my courtroom every day with the same request every day she never quits i tell her shut up i tell her get out i tell her go away i tell her i'm not interested the next morning she's right back again i her out again i tell her go away I her shut up I tell her I'm not interested the next morning she's right back again I'm telling you I'll never get anything done in this courtroom until I give her what she's coming after I will avenge her let's sure. her will come and she weary me now you tell me who was more powerful You tell me who was more powerful. That little old widow woman didn't have anything, but she did have one thing. She had importunity. That's what she had. And that importunity, that determination, that desperation said, I'm just going to keep on coming. Hi, judge. Remember me? I'm the one you threw out yesterday, but I'm back today. Throw me out today. I'll be back tomorrow. Throw me out tomorrow. I'm coming back again the next day. I'm not done. You've got the power to change this. You've got the ability to straighten this out. I'm not going to stop until I get what I came after. Verse 6. And the Lord said, and the Lord what said, just judge You, you better say. listen to what that judge had to say. And shall not God avenge his own elect? Now, look, if this wicked, evil judge that doesn't care beans about anybody is moved by importunity, shall not God avenge his own elect? Now, it doesn't stop right there. We might stop right there, but the verse doesn't. God doesn't just avenge, avenge his elect, period. But it is a specific group of the elect who find the vengeance they're looking for. And who are they? He'll avenge his own elect. Which cry day and that night. That cry day and night unto him. In other words, that one that keeps coming back and saying, Hi, God, remember me? I just talked to you this morning. I didn't get it today, so I'm back tonight. Hey God, I didn't get it tonight. I'll see you first thing in the morning. I'm not gonna quit. I'm not gonna give up. God will avenge those that cry day and night. Verse 8. I tell you that I tell you, He speedily. will. I'm telling you it doesn't take weeks and months all it takes is for God to see you're really sincere about this thing God knows how long your until is God knows where your cut off point is God knows where your stopping point is but when he sees something rise up in you that says God I really mean it I'm not stopping until transformation comes I'm telling you God will mercy hallelujah. Hallelujah. hallelujah somebody somebody needs to reset your until Friday night Junction City Elder Steve McMullen was preaching. He used an example that really struck a chord with me. As this morning, as I was getting ready, like I said, all morning long, 3:30 this morning, this message just was all I could think about, it was all I could think about. Somebody, somebody needs to get an attitude. I won't let go until. And as I was putting all this together this morning I remembered what Elder McMullen said he told the story of Elisha when he was about to die Joash came in and wept over him and said my father my father the chariot of Israel the horsemen thereof now I, I want to I've only got a few minutes here but I feel this is important to what I want to say Second Kings thirteen. Let's start with verse fifteen, because I've already encapsulated verse fourteen. So just start with verse fifteen. And Elisha said. Unto Elisha him, said to him, Take bow and okay. arrows. Elisha gives him specific instructions. Take bow and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows. And he took bow and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel. And and Elisha says to Joash. Put thine hand upon the boat. Put your hand on the specific instructions. Put your hand on the boat. And he put his hand upon it. Uh-huh. He did exactly what he was told. And Elisha put his hand upon the king's hand. And, and Elisha put his hand on the king's hand. And he said open the window eastward. Elisha said now go open the window eastward. And he opened it. And, and he did exactly what he was told. Exact. Are you getting this? Every instruction he's given, he does exactly what he's told to do. Take bow and arrow. Okay, I got bow and arrow. Put your hand on the bow. My hand's on the bow. Open the window. He opens the window. Read. Then Elisha said, shoot. Shoot. And he shot. And he shot. He did exactly what he was told to do. There's no rebellion here. There's no disobedience here. He does exactly what he's told to do. Kind of like, let's all raise our hands. Let's all clap our hands. Let's all say amen. Amen. Just exactly what you're told to do. That's what Joash is doing. Just what he's told to do. Okay? So... Elisha said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. And the arrow of the deliverance from Syria. Thou shalt smite the Syrians in effect till thou hast consumed them. Elder McMullen pointed out this had been a 50-year problem. And God said, I'm giving you the opportunity right now to solve this 50-year problem. Wow. This thing's been bothering you 50 years. But we can put it to a stop right now. The window of opportunity is open right now. And everything Joash is told to do, he does it exactly as he's told to do it. Okay. Read. And he said Now this is this is verse 18. And he said, take the arrows. Now now Elisha says, take the arrows. And he took them. And so he took them again. He's doing exactly what he's told. Read. And he said unto the king of Israel, Smite upon the ground. Smite upon the ground. And he spoke thrice and stayed. Now, look. He did exactly what he was told to do. He was told to smite on the ground. Now, he wasn't told how many times, he was just told, smite on the ground. Can I tell you that he would have obeyed if he would have just smitten one time? That would have been obedience. Right? 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 If he would have done it one time, that Elisha just said smite on the ground. He didn't say how many times. He just said smite on the ground. If he had done it one time, that would have been obedience. But he didn't just do it one time. He didn't just do it twice. There you go, Elisha. I did what you told me to do. In fact, I did it three times. Aren't you proud of me? You told me to smite the ground, so I did it three times. Aren't you proud of me? Everything you've told me to do, I've done it. Aren't you proud, Elisha? But what does the next verse say? And the man of God was wroth with Elisha not only was not proud, he was mad. Yeah, preachers do get mad once in a while. Well, I didn't get very many amens, but preachers do get mad once in a while. I find where even Jesus got angry, he made a whip and drove some people out of the church house. Can you imagine Jesus driving people out of the church? But he did. And Elisha was wroth. He was angry. And here's what he said. Thou shouldest have smitten five or six times. Now, Now look, Elisha didn't tell him to do it five or six times. I submit to you if Elisha had said, smite on the ground five or six times, Joash would have done it five or six times. Because he was doing everything exactly as he was told. But I'm telling you there comes a time when God wants to see how desperate you are and God doesn't give specific instructions because he knows that people are willing to just do exactly what they're told let's all raise our hands you did what was told let's all clap our hands so you did what was told right Are you getting the picture but there's times when god is looking to see yeah i told you to raise your hands but that lasted a full 12 seconds your heart wasn't in that your heart wasn't it you're just doing what you joash's heart was not in what he was doing it was simply a matter of obedience He wasn't really desperate for deliverance. He had the window of opportunity to solve a 50-year problem, but he wasn't desperate enough. So three times, that ought to be good enough. I did what you said. You ought to be proud. Everybody ought to go and fight somebody today. Uh, Okay, let me put on Facebook. You ought to come to church with me tonight. All right, preacher, I did exactly what you said. Yeah, you did. You did. I appreciate your obedience. But you know what God's looking for? God's looking for some people that'll pick up those arrows and say, You want me to smite? This means deliverance. This is what's gonna break it for me. This is what's gonna bring the transformation. You mean this is all I've gotta do in order to assure absolute and complete victory, that I'm gonna smite. And I'm gonna smite and I'm gonna smite and I'm gonna smite and I'm gonna smite. I'm not gonna stop. I'm gonna smite and smite and smite and smite and smite, and smite. until I know they're forever gone. I gotta get victory. I've gotta get deliverance. I've gotta you've asked us to fast pastor i did i fasted till three o'clock one day i did what you said yeah but where is that person that says no 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 i've got to see an answer i've got to see victory i've got to see deliverance you didn't ask me to fast three days But I gotta have an answer. You didn't ask me to spend an hour door knocking, but I've gotta see revival. All you asked was that I raise my hands, but I'm gonna cry out to God from the depth of my soul because I gotta have victory. Come on, church. Where is your until? Where is your until? Let me tell you why some people don't get the Holy Ghost. Because they come to the altar and they pray for just a few minutes. Okay, I did what I was supposed to do. I didn't get it. I understand. Your until is really short. You want to know who gets the Holy Ghost? It's that person that says, I'm not leaving that altar until I got it. Hallelujah. Come on now. You want to know who gets their miracle? It's that person that says, I'm going to pray until the miracle comes. Musicians come, huh? I guess I've preached right beyond you today. I guess it's time to quit. I Some have not received the Holy Ghost, but i got to ask you, have you really, really been desperate? Some haven't seen your loved ones saved, but I've got to ask you, have you really been desperate? Some haven't seen the fulfillment of some promise God made, but the question is, have you been desperate? See, I watch this in Africa. People come down, want the Holy Ghost. They'd literally they'd walk down to the front they would just stand there wait wait and then the minute that the preacher lays his hands on them they close their eyes and they start praying and the minute you take your hand then they drop their hands and they're done that's it and we've told them you're not gonna get the Holy Ghost that way it just doesn't happen like that God's not gonna fit into your little window you got to fit into his Hallelujah. Church, none of us, none of us have seen the fulfillment of everything God said this church should see. But I wonder, is there anybody here that's really desperate enough to say, look, whatever it takes however long we've got to go however much I've got to give however many prayers I've got to pray however many days I've got to fast however many doors I've got to knock however many flyers I've got to hand out I don't care what the price is my thigh might be out of joint I might be dragging a bum leg the rest of my life but i got to have transformation this is our window it's open to this church right now this is our enough to keep smiting until it happens are you desperate enough to keep smiting until it happens let's stand this morning